This is Random Discourse, the podcast. Welcome, everybody. This is what, episode 615 of the Random Discourse podcast. Uh, well, the Random Discourse Sports podcast. And tonight, we'll, well, is it tonight, tomorrow, well, whenever you're listening, we're going to be talking uh, Super Bowl 50. We'll recap that. We'll get into uh, talk a little bit about Johnny Manziel and what's going on with him and his future or if he still has one in the NFL. We'll get into some of the uh, NBA talk as well with the firing of some coaches and possible firing, maybe not firing now um, <laughs> with another coach. And then we'll, we'll finish up with uh, some talk on the all-star competition because uh, I'm pretty excited about this uh, this year's all-star competition. It's been pretty bland in the past. Of course, I'm your host, Darrington G. And I usually, I got my right-hand man with me, who's always been with me from the beginning, Anton. What's happening? And we got a new cover tonight. Uh, Jay, what's going on, baby? Y'all, what's up, baby? What's up? Oh, man, not much, not much. Um, as usual, you can always find us on SoundCloud or at randomdiscoursepodcast.com. Again, that is randomdiscoursepodcast.com. Spell it how it sounds. Um, if, if you miss anything um, from the beginning of the show and you want to catch up, or if you just want to see what we were talking about in the past, we have it on there. Uh, you can find me at Darrington G on all social media outlets. Anton, where can they find you? You can find me anywhere that says please say the D as the handle on all relevant social media outlets. And Jay, are, are you even on the social media scene like that? <laughs> I'm on Instagram. I'm on Instagram a little bit. You can see me at uh, uh, Coach MFNJ on Instagram. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. You're going to have to probably spell that out. Write it down on a sheet of paper and put it up so the people can see it. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, we might as well go ahead and get started with uh, with, with the show, man. Um, so Super Bowl Fifty thoughts, reactions. Did it go how you thought it was going to go, or was it? Uh, did it play out a little bit different than what you thought, Anton? Uh, that was the most boring Super Bowl I ever saw in my life. Oh come on, uh, bro. No, no, it was it was really bad from the start. And I thought the matchup that really uh, stood out, which the Panthers clearly lost, was the matchup between Mike Shula and Wade Phillips. Uh, Wade Phillips, again, you don't want him as the head guy, but as the head guy for your defense, he's absolutely perfect. Uh, but Mike Shula didn't make the basic adjustments that I thought would have been like critical. Cam made his money this year off that quarterback draw. And every time they ran that, they ate them up because Von Miller and the defensive ends for uh, Denver like to run on the outside. They would have been killing them all day if they would have went to that a little bit before the Von Miller arms. But other than that, that pretty much decided the game. So it was exactly opposite of what I thought. Hey, Jay, your thoughts? What about them turnovers, though? Them two turnovers. What about <laughs> yeah. not falling on a fumble and when it's five minutes left and you have a chance to win the game when they obviously are putting the game in your hand? What about um, how they couldn't how they couldn't do anything anything to stop Von Miller from getting their hands on on Cam Newton when it was time to throw the ball on third down? What about all of that? Like you can't just put it on play calling. Like 
was, a lot of things went into play with that. They couldn't run the ball either with um with Stewart. Stewart couldn't get couldn't get any positive yards um the whole game. I feel I feel like well you asked the question in the beginning. Did it go the way I thought? Kind of. But Von Miller is a bad boy. That boy, he kind of surprised me, dog. Like it how I didn't I just knew like, okay, they're gonna make adjustments for him and he's not gonna be able to get his hands on Cam because Cam's too strong, Cam's too fast, and they got a pretty solid offensive line and they couldn't do nothing with him, dog. Two and a half sacks, like he was a monster, dog. Like he he completely dominated. And I think we're gonna look back at what Von Miller did in this playoffs. And it's going to be like, like one, like how we kind of look back at what the, that defensive line from um, from New York did when they played the Patriots that perfect season. You know, we're going to look back on when the the Ravens, you know, won their first Super Bowl. You know, when Ray Lewis was a was a monster that year, and they had that shitty ass quarterback. You know, we're going to look back on this on on this defense kind of like how we look back on those. You know what? Um, you both brought up some good points, but I will say one thing that that really stood out to me with the in the game, and nobody's nobody said anything about it. I haven't heard one any any of the talking heads uh, on the radio, on the TV, anything say anything about the field conditions, how terrible they were. I mean, I've seen clips, and I've gone back and and you know watched a little bit of the game, what I can find online where the Carolina offensive line is basically sliding, trying to hold up against that pass rush. They can't, they, they, nobody was able to get any traction on that offensive line. Now you can blame that on, on the equipment staff for not changing out the studs and the cleats to try to find, to help them find some footing. But that play, uh, that was a, a very big deal in the type of protection that Cam Newton was getting because it wasn't Von Miller really blowing up the offensive line as, as it was Michael Orr, planting his feet and Von Miller just pushing him back like he was like he's doing the sled drill. Um, I will say that, you know, the turnovers did did hurt and any turnover hurts. But also their defense did exactly what I thought they would do against that the Broncos offense. The Carolina defense didn't allow uh, what they allowed a touchdown at the end after the, the Broncos recovered that fumble. But that was a, a gimme touchdown, so to speak. But for the majority of that game, outside of that first drive, uh, the opening drive uh, of the game, the Carolina defense was very stout and played the Denver Broncos defense, number one defense in, in the NFL, to a push. It, would, it just so happened to be that turnovers ended up being, deciding that game. And I will say that Mike Shuler did get out coached by uh, Wade Phillips. I just think Wade Phillips was better prepared than Mike Shula was. Mike Shula kind of rested on, oh, we're going to do the same things and be able to, you know, skate by on this defense. When really, I don't think it it showed that, you know, he looked in and watched enough tape and really tried to game plan and find out what the weaknesses were of that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Broncos defense. And it didn't help that Carolina has mediocre wide receivers to, at, at best. Yeah, at, at best. best. But some, so, something you kind of touched on, though, I think I don't know if you meant to understate it, but I, w- I just want to bring it back again, is that that first drive was huge for the Broncos. The fact that huge. they drove down the field and, and, and put some points on the board that fast, mm-hmm. like like that, that basically set the tone for the rest of the game. Like the, yeah. the, the Panthers never could recover. And it's. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to put all my eggs out yet, but I'll let y'all finish. But it, it to me, it shows the character of the main players on the Panthers. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you, 
Really? I don't. You know what? Well, well, I don't think it had anything to do with it. Possible, you know. But having the sheriff on one side and Cam on the other, I don't think. I I don't think you can blame Cam for not being prepared on that first drive. Uh, you know, Luke Keekley is the captain of that defense. But and Luke Keekley is a stellar individual. You never hear anything but positive things about. Him. So for them not to come out and actually go out and put their stamp on the game, because Carolina has to think that, especially that defense. They have carried that team until this year when Cam's coming out party. But before this year, it was the defense kind of dragging Cam to play. So they didn't come out and do the job. And Cam, who had trailed for the first time in the playoffs, didn't respond well. I mean, it, 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 even this season, the defense carried that team along, man. I mean, look at it. Look at what happened in the playoffs. They, the reason they won and scored as many points as they were as they were able to is because they led that defense led the, the NFL in turnovers. They were forcing turnovers left and right, and that didn't happen this game. That's really what happened. Where so that offense could get out, you know, start feeling itself, get its mojo going, and then that defense just come in and do and do what it does. And that opening drive had nothing really to do with how the defense played and how prepared they were. I think it had more so to do with nerves. You know, this is, is a major uh, a major stage for a, the first time they're on the stage for a lot of these players. I really thought Cam would be ready because, you know, he played in the national championship game and he yeah. kind of understood the type of atmosphere. And, and that's not to say he wasn't. It's just if you go back and watch the type of – yeah, nobody open, dude. Like, literally, nobody was open. Hey, who are you going to throw the ball to? It's like you you, you, you speak ill about Cam because, you know, they, they wanted him to throw the ball, but it's impossible to throw the ball if you don't have a receiver that can create separation and, to you know, to, to, to help you as a quarterback. I mean, what? But what about I, him making plays on the, on the run, though? What about why – didn't, why didn't he do that? Because that's kind of what made Cam special. Cam's had these average – or pretty much below average receivers, pretty much his whole career. Why, why, why didn't he take things in his own hand like he's done against the Falcons or something like that? Because they, what the the what the Broncos did, if you notice, they spied Cam almost every single play, and the and the times that they didn't, when they went straight up man, that's when he took off and ran. And they were like, no, we can't do this because that's how they can move down the field because we don't have anybody fast enough to stop him from breaking out on us. And so what they were doing was they allowed Demarcus and Vaughn, they were rushing five the whole game. They kept one of the line, the, the middle linebackers in the spy on Cam and just and told, uh, what is up? What's that boy's name? The, the, the cornerbacks and, and their DBs just the man up. And let's oh, see yeah. what their wide receivers can do. And, and that's really what happened. And his receivers didn't help him. What, they dropped like five passes probably more than that in yeah, crucial probably. times. And it doesn't help that Ted, Ted Jen, Jen Jr. was second in, a, in the NFL in drop rate. He's Ted Jen Jr. But with all this, we we knew all of this before, though. Yeah, we knew all like, Everybody knew this before. Everybody so knew Ted Jen was going to drop balls. Everybody knew um, this um, that they all relied on Cam. Like, why didn't they come in with a better game plan? Why didn't they come more prepared? It looked like 
they they came in to be frank with you they came in arrogant they thought yeah. oh these little soft little dudes broncos they ain't gonna do nothing to us we're gonna run through them because we be we ran through the seahawks they way better than the seahawks we're gonna run through these boys the same way and they and they they kind of you know it's it's really like a it really like it was like a, a novice game of Madden, bro it's like that dude that plays with the fastest quarterback on the team, and as soon as you put a spy in there, they don't know what else to do. They don't have any <laughs> secondary plays, and that's what happened during, yeah. the, during the Super Bowl. They had absolutely no backup to, all right, Cam, do your thing. Yeah. It's like playing, what was it, they Mad No 4 playing with Michael Vick? That's yeah, what I was the game was. I didn't know what to do. Like, dang, put a spy shoot. <laughs> Turn this dope off. Also, <laughs> also, you have to think that, uh, yeah, we can say that they came in arrogant, which it it it, 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 it that that we're speculating on that. I mean, I don't know how much you really overlook a team like that. But also, you have to think you have sure in it, Mike Tober. Mike Tober hasn't fumbled the ball since 2011, and he fumbles the ball twice. In that game, once he was able to, to recover, and another one was a very crucial turnover when they were moving down the field to go score, and that yeah. killed all the momentum that they have. Their toner was came at the most inopportune times, where Ted Jen Jr. alligator arms a pass thrown across the middle and leads to another interception where they're down there in the red zone. That that's crucial. It, it's very crucial, and you could see it start to wear on cam he's like look man you guys aren't helping me I, it's like i can only do so much but this is a team game and we have to play as a team and i can't just go out there and run around like a chicken with my head cut off because this isn't mad so let me let me pose this question to you guys if they if the nfl did it like a series right if there was like mm-hmm. a seven game series broncos versus the panthers after seeing this game do you feel like the Panthers would win a series? Yeah, because uh, the Broncos couldn't score on offense. They they could not score. They 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 were going to put up three points, but three points putting up three points isn't going to win the game. When eventually, Mike Shula is is an NFL caliber offensive coordinator, and he would have figured out something. And that defense was good enough to continue to stop Peyton Manning. Like oh, Lamar Peyton Manning wasn't going to get it done. It's like you could be if you could be as smart as you want to be, but if you can't actually do it physically, it, it doesn't matter. And the only yeah. way that that the Broncos could have possibly, if if it if we're since we're speaking of hypotheticals, if it it do, did go to a seven game series, they would have to have played Brock, Brock Osweiler. That it would have been Brock Osweiler for two and a half games to to be able to pull out that series or or for three and a half games. I agree. I don't know if the regular season should be be the way baseball like baseball. Baseball is too long. <laughs> That's that, that, I don't really follow baseball, so Mike, you 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 lost me on that. But what do you think about it? it, it now that we got you know that's that's all the on the field stuff. What do you think about the way the media has? I don't want to say oh, portraying Cam Newton. Well, the media, think about this, man. No, man, no, 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 no. The media wants you to portray yourself a certain way because they feel like they're entitled to that. Like, if you, what do you expect is going to happen after, you know, you lose the biggest game uh, that you have played in in your NFL career, and then you have to turn right around, not even 
20 minutes later to go give a press conference and people want you to go up there and be all whole hum smiley and everything. You know what? <laughs> what a Russell Wilson do? Who cares about what Russell about Wilson? Brady when they have a perfect is, season and lost off a Tyree's fluke catch. What did he do? But this is the thing. You can, Cam Newton is his own quarter quarterback. And 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 you know what? I I, I appreciate it. He wears his, his emotions on his sleeve, and I have no problem with that. It doesn't make him any less of a player. It doesn't make him any less of a human being because he doesn't like to lose. I mean, I I don't know who likes to lose. Well, he's uh, – and, and ain't talked in a minute. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Like, I just – I think we're missing the whole premise of what should be asked. Why does the losing team have to answer to reporters after the Super Bowl? It's It should be all about the winning team. Yeah, they, they've worked their entire season to get here for the ultimate letdown. You have enough stories on the winners and how people affected the game in a positive way. Go fill that time up with people that can't wait to talk to the media. You know, so just because Cam was Cam was the needle for this game, even though this was Peyton, Peyton Manning, you know, a top three quarterback of all time, in my opinion, Going out on his last ride, Cam was the needle on this game. So, if you're if you're going to say, "Oh, we're going to send him out there because he's the only person that people want to hear from," that puts him in a in a predicament that I wouldn't wish on anybody. Yeah, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I don't think it's like you you make the point that Russell Wilson. What about Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and all that? I don't think they should have had to talk to the media. And if they wanted to to be like, you know. I don't care. I don't really want to talk right now. Then they shouldn't have to. Honestly, you should give these players a cooling down period. Let them go compose themselves. Let let them let them get the emotions of the game off of them if, before you talk to them. Because that's what happens in the regular season. But because it's a Super Bowl, they don't get that that opportunity. It, but, you know, it, but <clears throat> realistically speaking, football, basketball, sports in general is about making money. It's about entertainment, right? And the way they make money is through TV and television and the media and things like that. So when you go on, when you they want the loser to go on. They want them to have a cam moment or like LeBron that year where he was basically shitting on everybody, talking about you ain't got as much money as me and all that kind of stuff. Hey, they, you know what? And I have moments. nothing wrong. I don't see anything wrong with that, with LeBron saying that. And I wouldn't have had anything. I wouldn't have seen anything wrong with Cam Newton saying that because a lot of the people that are are speaking ill of Cam are mad because they don't have the opportunity to have that money that Cam does. Because at the end of the day, you know what? Let's be for real. Let's be Wait, for let, real. I'll let you finish, but I, I got I got a retort to that. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you I mean, I'm, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying the vast majority of the people wish they had the type of money that Cam had. Wish they had the type of money that LeBron had. Because you know what? At the end of the day, these dudes are playing a game for a shit ton of money. And we have to go work a nine to five and, and struggle for pennies on the dollar when they're just getting paid to play a game. Yeah. To, to me, the attitude that Cam showed in that press conference, that didn't start in a press conference. That started in a game. A person who will allow themselves to get that for lack of a better term, but hurt, was going to feel that way <laughs> during the game. And, and and you could see it. There was moments you when the camera went to him on the sideline, he was sulking. Why are you sulking, dude? You're supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to be a motivator. You're supposed to be the MVP of the NFL. And he didn't 
exude that leadership, that fire, that greatness that 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 you want to see from great players to pull yourself out of out, out of situations like that. To me, this, you know what? That, 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 that press conference showed that Cam Newton is nothing but a front runner. He's that guy who in front when he's winning and everything's going great, he's you know, he's dabbing and, and naming and all that kind of bulls and then, and do, you know, doing the Superman and all this kind of stuff. But when it was time for Superman to really show up, he was nowhere to be found. He was lost out there. He looked, he looked, he was, he was, he was frustrated. He never could get his composure. One of the, one of the things that I remember, you know, just because I, I could do consider Cam to be an all-time great talent. But one of the things that, whether I dislike this guy or not, but with Tom Brady, I've seen him frustrated. I've seen him angry. I've seen him yelling at teammates and things like that. I don't like Tom Brady, by the way, just, just so you guys know. But sure? when it push comes to shove, when push comes to shove, like if he has the ball in his hand, he makes plays. Period. He's not going to be sulking out there on the field like Cam was. Cam was sulking on the field, and then he carried that into the press conference, and we saw. It. You know what? That's, that's, been, the, but that's been a that's been a long, long criticism of Cam. When when he's down, he he definitely looks apart. So. Well, on the next season, all Cam can do is go out there next season and make people believe. Yeah, all he got to do is continue to, the, that same type of play he had it, during the regular season. You know what? And continue to to make the same type of plays to get his team back there. But at the end of the day, it is a team game. And yes, the quarterback is the face of the franchise, but nobody's talking. Nope. And and so he's going to take the brunt of it. So that that that's how it's going to be. And as Cam matures, because he's still a young man, he's still a young man and he's still young in the league. As he matures, he'll be able to, you know, better handle himself. And that's what you want to see. And that's what mm-hmm. he showed this season, he, that he started to mature and that it, it was a major letdown. And because of major letdown, you see some of those old habits come back. But if say they make it back to the Super Bowl and they lose again, I'm quite sure you won't see Cam Newton handle himself like he did this time. He'll he'll be able to put on that that facade for the media and go out with the smile, that genuine smile that you always see. From it's him. not a facade. It's an energy, dog. It's a it's an energy. When you lose and you're like upset, it's a different energy. He looks sad, dog. He looked like he, he did. But wouldn't you? But Jay. But Jay. But Jay. Like, wouldn't you be sad too? Like, dude, they they stole your chain, dog. Your, I know yes, your grandma. They, literally, they did. That was okay, bro. <laughs> Mike is saying something here about the MMA, some MMA fighters, and it it kind of reminded me of this Mike Tyson quote. Everybody has a game plan until you get punched in the face. Cam that's got it. punched in the face by Cam, <clears throat> and he ain't had no reaction to it. Very cool. That, that, that's true. All right, so Johnny Manziel, since we want to talk about people, ne- never mind, I'm not going to segue like that. I'm not going like no. <laughs> to say it. Talking like about train right. Yeah, talking about train right. Johnny Manziel. Money Manziel. Your boy Von Miller came out and, and was like, yo, I, I had my issues too. And I think Manziel, you, you, it's not the end of Johnny football. I don't know. This might be the end of Johnny football because Johnny football is on um is on some other stuff. Is that boy on them on them perks and them zans and he's just living life to the fullest? He's fucking his shit up. That's what he's doing. I, I think Johnny Manziel is a walking your album. Like he is absolutely just too far gone at this point. Um, having such a decorated substance abuse problem and how it uh, kind of trickles into your workplace, 
and now having something uh, with the domestic uh, violence. You as a league, man, you got you have to stay away from them, especially when it's somebody who can't play football. You know? uh, so, well, hold on. Let's not say he can't play football. He can't play NFL football. Yeah, he can't play NFL football. But you know, no Tebow's on the SEC network. You know, he needs to be thinking about life after. You know, life after. Yeah. You know, that's just where it is. Johnny Manziel has money. He's not worried about his NFL money. This boy just wants to party, party, party. And the NFL is like whatever to him. It's like, okay, yeah, it is what it is. But he's not – he's she's mediocre when it comes as far as the NFL talent. And, 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 and I'll be glad when, you know, he's gone and nobody has to say anything more, more about him because – he all but ruined his future with any other NFL team because nobody's going to take a shot on him. It's, it, it, he has that. Jerry will. Jerry will. No, Jerry is all but closed the door on it because he has that stigmata now of being a, of domestic violence. And you know the, the stance that the NFL is taking on domestic well, violence. Now. It, no, like, but Jerry, Jerry last time, bro, <laughs> the crack jacket <laughs> on them. Huh? Yeah, I, I, I really don't think that. I think Jerry can find a way to squeeze him in. Not next year, but if he takes a year off, has a suspension, goes on a quick vacay. Uh, Jerry will bring him into training camp. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I, you know, I don't – I just don't know about this kid, man. I don't really think he – but, like, his actions show you that he really doesn't want it. He has some sort of talent because if he didn't, he wouldn't have been drafted. But his, it's just he doesn't want to put in the work. He thinks it should just be, hey, I just show up and you let me play because that's who I am, and I'm going to go out there and play schoolyard football. He's going to go get the bottle cap, the twig, the old Band-Aid, and, and tell everybody these are routes you're running, and and let's make it work. And if it doesn't work, I'm just going to scramble for some yards and we'll get a first down, and, and let's do it again. And that's not how it works hey, in the NFL. That's to me, I, I, think, I think what's interesting about it, and maybe I'm making it too deep, but I wonder if – if Johnny Menzel is a black dude, I wonder how this whole thing would play out. I, I almost oh, feel like he would have been. I feel like he would have been, been gone a long time ago. Long, long time ago. First, like, first time. Oh, <laughs> he's Get gone off the team. <laughs> like, nah. like I, I he gets, know, how man. he gets so many lies, dog. Like he gets so many he lies. Got, he, like he's he like a, a little cat, dog. He got a lot of lies, yeah, but it was the Browns. It's the Browns. Like any sane organization would have like dropped them. It's the Browns, bro. Like the Browns are a walking shit show. Like they can never get their th- things together. They can never keep a GM. They always blow one of two first round picks in the top fifteen. They always whiff on one. That's yeah. just one of those things that Browns go Browns. Hey man, the just Browns it. haven't been the same since they let Bill Bell. The Browns haven't been good since they let Bill Belichick go. Uh, I don't remember they weren't good then. winning in the game. But you know <laughs> yeah. what? But he didn't. He, but <laughs> this is the thing. They, they were they were a more stable organization. Because they, yeah. Well, that's what happens when in Bill Belichick's wake. That's what happens when you have that much power and you leave. Bill Belichick leaves that kind of ruin behind. It's like, I don't know. The, the Just that whole organization, they need stability. And it's going to have to start with the owner. The owner has to figure out that this isn't Madden. This isn't, you know, dynasty mode where you can just go trade all your players around and and build the ultimate team. That's not how it works in real life, dude. you got to build your team through the draft. You have to 
you know, get find the right players, find the right coach, you know, get the right fits for your organization and and go from there. And and sometimes you're going to go through growing pains. But just because you go through growing pains doesn't mean your team isn't going to end up ultimately being good because they've had a fantastic defense. And now they're squandering the great years of, of those players on terrible offenses. Yeah, but, yeah it's but like. It, all the all the change and up and down is it's just it doesn't make any sense because like the models are already out there. You look at how the Patriots do it. You look at how the Steelers do it. Like they don't make all these changes all the time, whether they have a down year or not. They don't make all these these exactly Seahawks. You, you know, they don't make all these these sweeping changes. They keep they keep a system. They they draft people to fit their system. They keep a good coach that they believe in. And they go from there. Let them let them ride out the up and downs, but. They, you know, I guess they'll figure it out somehow. Maybe, hopefully, probably. But since we're talking about, you know, just instability, what about in the NBA? There's been five coaches fired already. um, And we're we're even before the All-Star break, which is the most since, what, 2008, 2009, when, hell, there were more than five fired. There were 11 coaches fired (laughs) before the All-Star break that season. Sometimes when you're having a fire sale like that, man, everything must go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i guess the the latest casualty in in the in that is Derek fisher like uh yes, rest in peace bro i feel like you better look out for my barns that's all i know Matt, like, no, nah, man, I don't, even, I don't even need this contract anymore. I got some business I need to take care of. Uh, and when I come back, just resign me to these a couple of 10 day deals and I'll be back. But no, like, like, D Fish, um, Jay, you a Knicks fan. You are a Knicks yeah. fan. What do you, what do you think about that? I like, I like you begin oh, with that. Lord. Um, the first thing I think about is like, dang, <laughs> like Phil Jackson is savage because he brought this dude in. This is the yeah. guy. He's yeah. running his raggedy offense that nobody believes in. Like I'm a basketball coach too, and I, the triangle, it works with a Shaq and a Michael Jordan to be the cornerstones with it. You know what I mean? It it works with like a Kobe Bryant to be a corner. They don't have a guy like that. You need you need a kind of transcendent player for that to even kind of work and and even then they they broke off of the triangle a lot of times like how many times you just say give jordan the ball and let him do his thing you know what i mean they yeah. don't run into a triangle offense then so it's like for me it's uh it just showed how savage phil jackson was but but at the same time um he wasn't doing a good job dog he he honestly wasn't like i i really really like Derek fisher like from you know, his days with the Lakers and all that kind of thing. And, you know, he's like Kobe's favorite teammate of all time and all this kind of stuff. So I respected him as a as a person who knows the game and things like that. But he can't coach, though. And and I think he lost the respect of his players. Uh, we were joking earlier, but with that Matt Barnes situation, you know, like because now he, he getting caught up in, you know, foo-foo stuff that yeah. that players get caught yeah. up in. You're supposed to be yeah. a leader. You're supposed to be kind of like yeah. a role model or something yeah. like that. But yeah, you cannot be inside chick business. You know what I mean? No, and I, 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 I really can't be like a thing for an NBA head coach. And I think that's that, that's what ultimately led to his demise when he lied to Phil to say he was going to handle some family business and and was out visiting the side chick on an off day. Yeah. Like you're the head coach of an NBA team, you this you, you yeah. can't be out here with 
messing around with these yeah. women. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I feel bad for? Brian Shaw. Like, if Brian Shaw would have waited a couple years, right, for Phil to get this next gig, like, he would have been set. Now he's already been in and out. Thanks, Ty Lawson. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to Derek Fisher getting fired, dude, they came into the, to the year. Maybe they thought they were going to be good, but nobody else did. But the madness behind, behind Persingas and the follow playing decent ball, they they came out looking like they were gonna give it some go. And then like they haven't won a game in February. January they were six and nine. Like the team doesn't look like they're getting anywhere. And you know how I feel about pace of play. They're in the bottom third of the league in pace of play. But that, that, that also that also goes with their talent though. They don't have a point guard. You can't you can't be an up tempo team without a real point guard. They have Calderon, no resemblance. Of, they have no resemblance of a real point guard, like none, zero. But <clears throat> I think a lot of uh, it also he was he failed to adapt. Like he never realized that when he played Porzingis at the five and surrounded him with you know with their best available talent that they were a, a markedly better team that way. When you had Melo playing the stretch four role, Porzingis playing that stretch five role, and they were really playing like a resemblance of five-out basketball and mm-hmm. just allowing Aaron Afalo to work in the post where he's he's never been a great post player, but this year he's having a career year whenever he on his post-ups. And I say that because he's shooting over 50% from post-ups, which is unheard of for Aaron Afalo. He's like a 30% shooter, like in the 30% range <laughs> for his career outside of this year. And Aaron Afalo went back to UCLA, Aaron Afalo. <laughs> That's back, back before he had a jump shot? Right? Yeah, before he could hit anything outside of 18 feet, dude. Like, they they brought him back to home. You know what I mean? So he's feeling good. But but they, uh, but they I do agree they didn't use a lot of them much. But D. Fish isn't the only hiring that's, like, just firing that's just baffling. Like, but he is the most deserving. Yeah. Hey, I bet you, I bet you know who's happy right now, that boy Steve Kerr. Because remember, him and D. Fish were battling it out for that job. No, no, they weren't battling. Steve Kerr decided that he didn't want to go. It wasn't a battle for Steve Fish. D. Fish was clearly the number two option. It was like, yo, we're going (laughs) to wait on Steve. He got to take a vacation real quick to make this decision. Don't worry. You ain't going to be there. You're going to be there. Don't worry. You, you and don't nobody else want you. We know you're gonna be there. <laughs> no, yeah, nobody else wants you, dog. D yeah. Fish was like that. It was like that three o'clock, that three a.m. phone call. Hey, you up? Yeah. All right, I'm on my yeah. way. <laughs> That's absolutely it. <laughs> but seriously, I think this kind of um kind of seals the deal for Melo's career, though. I think this he's not gonna win a ring. He's not gonna make a deep playoff run. I think it's. I think that's pretty much it for him. To be frank uh, with you. Like he's gonna be an afterthought moving after this. Yeah, they actually might even trade him. I was gonna say, like, do they trade him? And it's a lot of they have to get they have to get Melo to waive his no his his no trade clause, and that's the thing. But that's what I'm saying. It'll be like to a team like the Clippers, a place that he might want to go. Yeah, that could actually happen. To a team got a ton of big men. Oh yeah, to to give him that facade of oh you have you might win here, but really you're not. <laughs> we're gonna put exactly. you on a better team, but you ain't you. You still not gonna win a ring. Oh, ooh, the Blake from Mello. Exactly. 
Not yeah, gonna happen. Yeah. Not gonna happen. The, the yeah. clips. The clips might consider that. You know what? Just it might happen. Dude, just who, they, who are they playing at the four right now? Who? Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is basically a poor man's mellow. Hold on. No, and no, no, they've no, been no, balling. No. You right mean now. you? You mean the player formerly known as Paul Pierce? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a walking corpse right now, man. That boy. <laughs> Paul Pierce needs to get no more than 10 minutes a night, and he can give you all he has for those 10 minutes. If you want to waste them in the fourth quarter because you know he's clutch, do it. But don't waste him in the first quarter because he's done, man. His legs is shot. It's like playing KG, man. You saw what the T-Bulls did. The T-Bulls like, right, we're going to run KG out for a little bit. Nah, man, let's just stop that. We're going to start Gorgie. <laughs> We're going to start Carl Anthony Towns and go from there and just let these boys play because it, it wasn't working. It, you know, I, I'll give B-Fish credit for one thing. He did get Melo to start passing the ball more. And Melo is a very good passer, and that's one thing he did do. And the, the Knicks, for as bad as they have played recently, if they do get a viable point guard, I think they will be a, a better team because that has a lot to do with it. They're incom- they have an incomplete starting five right now. And and if they were able to do that, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs or if they were able to get into the eight seed, but you know, it it would it wouldn't hurt. There's, there's word that they might get T that they're trying to get um Jeff T because the Hawks are trying to do a fire sale. Like you say, everything must go. They talking about trading Horford, they talking about trading Mills after the whole squad. No, yeah, yeah, I know that. But how? The Knicks have no assets. The only thing they have is Mello and Porzingis, and they ain't giving up Chris that Porzingis. So, draft picks. They have Knicks are the first one. The Knicks are the first one to give up some draft picks. Oh, they go they gonna get their Brooklyn on and just mortgage their whole future on some hey. on, on old talent. <laughs> on, 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 a, on an Atlanta Hawks player? Dog, Jeff T is an all-star point guard, dog. Yeah, don't but... Don't Jeff T. Oh, no, I'm one of Jeff T's biggest fans. I, I don't Dennis like Ruder, Jeff T. I think Dennis Schroeder is, is better no, than like Jeff Dennis And that's why they're trying to get rid of Jeff T. Because Jeff T was a, a was a point guard, or was an all-star point guard off fluke. You see, he wasn't able to double up on that. Man, don't yeah, even, no, man. Like, that, that, that season that they had last year was it was an outlier season it was an outlier season and that's going to be jeff t's only all-star appearance of his career guaranteed there was a key key piece that was removed from that squad and they never recovered and that key piece is only two games behind the cavaliers right now in the eastern conference you're talking about the raptors and demar carroll yeah exactly that was very that was a very key to them you know but it it is what it is it allowed people to guard them differently. And now they, because now they have to guard a true small forward and they don't have a guy like that, that they have to respect on the offensive end. So now you can put uh, an athletic wing on, on Corver and that ruins that whole, that whole balance of the team. The whole, the whole, uh, 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 what's the term? I guess geometry of the, of the basketball court is completely effed up now because just because of Carroll's gone. I, I, I can agree. So what, what the hell are the Kings doing with George Carl, man? First they want to fire the man. Now they don't want to fire the man. What the hell is going on? The Kings are they, they worse than my Knicks, dog. God, yeah. they have to be the most dysfunctional franchise in the NBA right now. Like everybody they has talent. They have a starting squad that can win a, a playoff round. Yeah. They have a starting squad that can yeah. win a playoff round. And they might not even get in the playoffs. They're not gonna get in the playoffs. They can't They're play defense. The they, they don't play defense. Like George Carl, they, they like George Carl has no respect on anybody on that team. 
And and I look at George Carl sometimes on the sidelines, like, you know, when I'm watching league pass and, and it's late night and the Kings are the only team on and they're the last game on. I look at George Carl and he looks like my grandfather out there, man. Like, yeah. I love my yeah. grandfather. I love Eddie to death. But sometimes he just be busting out like, hey, man, you remember that time we had that nice blueberry pie? It's like, what are you talking about, man? It's like, there is no blueberry pie. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what he looked like. Yeah, George Carl is definitely not Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, George Carl. He's not <laughs> Allen Iverson, Carmelo, George Carl. Like, this is the most dysfunctional breakup. It's like one of those middle school relationships. Like, it's like, oh, I'm going to break up with her. Oh, don't break up with me. Okay, I won't. Make sure you have a break up with her. <laughs> it's like, no, no, it's not even that. It's like high school. Yeah, it's is really it? bad. It's, it's, it's like, like, oh, I don't like her. I hate her. I hate him. He, yeah. he, he hate me. And then all of a sudden, you see him the next day. They all in love. Yeah. But, it, uh, but the, the dysfunction starts for them with their owner, don't you think? Yeah. Well, he's a guy that does not understand the NBA. You know, uh, they do have was, a guy there that d- should understand the NBA, and he's yeah. really fucking up too. Vladi yeah. Vladi. Because just because Vlade, Vlade, just because you play in the oh, NBA doesn't oh. mean you understand the transaction, the transactional aspect. The language barrier or something. <laughs> there is something going on there that he cannot get his point across without there being some misstatements in the press. So, because yeah, and how Vlade, come stuff always getting leaked on them? Like they always, always have stories getting leaked out. Always. Hey, man, that tells you from all the way in the front office that nobody likes, like, the GM, nobody likes the owner, because they just out here just putting all their business on front street, man. Yeah, they can do it. Yeah, he said it. Yeah, he wouldn't ask the players if if George Carl should be fired. Just snitching, like, for no reason. No, they be dry snitching. They be snitching on things that don't even need to be known. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Hey, you work for USA Today? Come here, man. Let me tell you about some things that George Carl was saying. Like, they don't even got to be asked. Like you said, they don't even be asked. Hey, but for real, though, uh, let me ask you a, a, a question. Both of y'all have seen Jurassic World, right? Yeah. yeah. I know. Doesn't the King's owner remind you of the dude that that, that uh, opened Jurassic World? <laughs> That's racist, like, I can see, like that. Like, I can see him flying that helicopter. You have to get in the helicopter with him, and he just learned how to fly, and everybody's in the hold on to death, but they don't want to see no, the owner. Yeah, no, that's true, though. That's true. There's a striking resemblance. But they, I was just thinking, the Kings franchise reminds me of the part of in Jurassic World where that dude was flying the helicopter, and he ends up crashing into the uh, the terrarium with the, the pterodactyls, and now all hell is breaking loose. That's exactly what it reminds me of. Well, and to even take it even further, it's like you built this whole structure and one thing goes wrong and then it lays in ruins for 20, 30 years. So after Robert Horry hits this shot over the Chris Webber there, that that whole place, that's like when the the dinosaurs ran loose and now the place has been in ruin ever since. Like, lost world, bro. It, it, it's lost, lost world. world. They don't found world. the they don't found the original Jurassic Park, and they are trying to crank up the Jeep to get away. Yeah. We're just in the middle of the trilogy right now. That's all it is. Oh god! It oh man, so that means we still got to go through Jurassic Park three. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh, goodness. <laughs> 
You think they're going to do a fire sale? Well, the thing is, they have a bunch of pieces that look good in the fire sale, and have played decently. But I have a firm belief that no team with Rudy Gay on it can win a playoff round. Like, that is Uh, Hey, man, Jay, you don't know the hit. Like, Anton has been... Wait, didn't he win one with the Grizz? Didn't he win one round with the Grizz? Or no, I come trying to remember. I don't think, no, no. His last maybe. season with the Grizz. Or maybe. I thought they won the second round. But the thing is, that's because he was moving out of, like, the number one, number two player on that yeah, team yeah. slot. You know, as soon as Zach and, and Mark, pretty much when Mark ascended, they didn't need him anymore, that's when they could win. Until then, no. You're not going to have it with Rudy Anton is anti-Rudy Gay. He was anti-Rudy Gay at UConn. I, I have uh, never. Uh, why? Why? why, 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 why what are we talking about? Break it down. Break it down. He is T Mac with no like motivate, like with with no work ethic. Like, and T Mac had no work ethic. Yeah, that's I was about how to say that. Yeah. Work ethic. That's like, pretty low. He looks at like he has like six nine. He had the tools. Looks smooth from time yeah. to time, but he can never put it together. In any meaningful fashion against any meaningful competition ever. Yeah. Name a big game where you're like, dang, Rudy Gay went off for 40 in that big game. You yeah. know, it's always against nobody. I was going to say the Sacramento Kings, but he wrote Sacramento. It's like you went off for 40 against the seven, in the seven of January. Yeah. And it's a contract year. That's when Rudy Gay goes off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the Kings have to do a fire sale because Raj, Rajon Rondo is the glue guy for that team. Rajon Rondo is the only reason that Rudy Gay and, and Rudy Gay and Demarcus Cousins are playing the way they are playing. When would you have ever thought in this in the recent in this recent history of Rajon Rondo that we would be saying that about Rajon Rondo that he's the reason that players are playing hard? Yeah. Well, he don't worry. I wait. Summer. He needed it for this summer, man. He needed to come in and make it work, even. In the most unworkable situation. You think he's going to? You think he's going to get a, a a decent contract next? Oh, the Kings going to throw all the money at Rajon Rondo. Watch in the offseason, they're going to throw all the money at him. All of wow. them. If if they don't end up trading Rudy Gay and Demarcus Cousins are one of them, they they're, they're going to throw money at him because they see what kind of impact he's had on the organization. It's just that they have the former what, what coach known as George Carl on their sideline right now. What? Quick question: What hire would be good for Sacramento roster, given the talent that they do have? What do you think? What kind of coach could come in there and really make this work? Tom Thibodeau, because he takes no shit from anybody. Zero. He gives zero fucks about your feelings, and he will. If you don't like it, you can sit your ass on the bench, and he'll play without you. That's the type of key with. The key with that, though, they got to stick with it for a couple years, though. Like it can't it, the first year you won't see the difference. It'll be the second, the third, the fourth. That's when you're going to start seeing the difference with it. And these are no. the kings. Yep. But you know what? It, you'll you'll see a difference if Thibodeau were to come in, but it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a difference in wins. You would see a difference in the attitude, the the, the type of play, play, things like that. Yeah. And the yeah. Kings have enough talent it, with the talent that's on the roster right now. If he were to come in, I th- I do think that you could see an immediate difference that maybe they would actually be a plus 500 team um, again. It, it's just all on the owner of having that patience because what he's had five, almost five, four or five head coaches in the three years that he's been, that he's run the Kings. I think George yeah. Carl is the fifth head coach. He's already fired four. Yeah. 
And he fired yeah. the best one out, out of the Duh. bunch of Mike Malone. Absolutely. Absolutely. He actually got, he actually, DeMarcus Cousins was actually looking up to Mike Malone, and Mike Malone was being a good, you know, being good for DeMarcus Cousins. But I, hell, it's the Kings. I don't know. Man, lack of patience, let, man. Nobody wants to wait for the, let, let, let you sometimes, like Cam was saying, oh, yeah, I'm quoting Cam. You know, you got to oh, let them green, you, you know, you got to let them green slow cook and some. He ain't waiting for them greens to slow cook. You know, he wants, I'm about to say something racist, but you know, he wants something fast and quick, you know what I'm saying? So, um, that's why it's like, you know, it, it's it's pretty sad because they got talent. And the thing that I keep noticing about them is that they never develop young talent, they always like, get rid of it, like, exactly. They get rid of it, they never develop the, the young talent. The player they have, they always have these lottery pick players, and they never develop they young keep talent. Whiffing. On lottery pick players as well. Well, I don't. Yeah, we don't know Thomas, if they 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 have the Isaiah Thomas was on their team, bro. And I, well, I know Isaiah, Isaiah was not a lottery pick. Isaiah was, but but was still, he was pick. young talent, and we yeah. saw him being good. Oh on, yeah, on, on the Kings. Yeah, he was the last. You, I, they should have never got rid of him. But that's exactly. that was that was on Vladdy Divac. That was Vladdy. Exactly. That was on Vladdy's watch when he took over his. You know, he got rid of Nick Stauskas. He got to in order to get rid of Nick Stauskas, the three up space space to try to find. Um, try to, uh, you know, get uh, one of those major free agents to come in. He gave the 76ers their first round pick <coughs> to take Nick Stauskas when he didn't even have to do that. He just offered it up like, here, I'll give you our first round pick and Nick Stauskas. Yeah, I, I, I hear that you have to trade these so, you know, have them. Mm-hmm. That's just not how it goes. Isn't that how it goes? And Sam Hinkie was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it goes. And Sam Hinkie isn't <laughs> calling the shots in, in 76er land anymore. Thank God. All right, so this all-star competition, are y'all excited for it? Are y'all excited I as I am? I'm still like, The only thing I'm not looking forward to is the dunk contest because I think it's a foregone really? conclusion who's going to win the dunk contest. But yeah, really. It's, it's about how. Like, when Vince Carter was in it, we kind of knew he was going to win. I think Levine has potential to have a VC moment where it's like, wow, he really did that dunk? I've never seen that before. Like, he can do those dunks that you see them – Dudes on YouTube jumping over Hondas and stuff. Like he can do that. Mm-hmm. He can he can do stuff that we haven't seen in a dunk contest before. So I'm 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 kind of stoked for that part. I'm I'm excited to to see him dunk. But I, I, when I say I'm not excited for the dunk contest because I know who's going to win. I know Zach Levine's going to win the dunk contest. The only oh, the only other player I'm excited to see just based off of his potential, just from what he's been able to do in the games and just the type of athleticism he has, is Aaron Gordon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and hopefully, like, Aaron Gordon can go out there and give you that that losing Andre Iguodala kind of, like, dunk contest. Like, <laughs> one of those that you, you got two or three, like, like big ones of the night, but you just can't handle the monster that is, you know, Zach Levine. So mm-hmm. that's the only hope that I have for the dunk contest. Why do they keep pushing the big man into the dunk contest, bro? Like, I'm tired of this. And like, why, I feel you, why is Andre Drummond in the, in the dunk contest? Why? He's the remix of Dwight Howard. That's why. Dude, like, he's the new dude, Superman, which they need to be a real Superman. I'm tired of that. There's a, there's more Marvel Marvel or DC comics. They could need to come up with something else. But he's a new Superman, basically. But he's the only one that flies. That's why. Do you want to call him Storm? 
<laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm trying to say he could be Iron Man or something. I don't know. He's swollen as hell. Make him Iron Man or something. Something, but like this, this is this is a juggernaut. Like, juggernaut. I can tell you what I'm most excited for is a three point contest. I don't know. Right. I, it, it's up in the air between the skills competition and three point contest, just because big men are going to be in the skills competition. And I, I'm excited to see because they actually have pretty skilled big men, like big men that actually have skills yeah. in that competition. But yeah, the three point contest is probably number one on my list too at that time. Uh, yeah, they, because, they, they, like, I want Devin Booker to go out there and put on the show. This like, dude's all about I, Devin Booker. No, I, I, this dude's dude all about Devin Booker. This, the kid can ball, bro. At this point, in his career, if you compare him to Clay Thompson, he's like like leagues above where Clay was at this point. So if he gets, you know, a chance to go out there and do it, I would love to see it. And if not, JJ Reddick, just bring out the hate in Toronto. Like, I just want to see it. Now you we all know that we we all love to see that. But I mean, this is probably like one of the best three point competition lineups the I can ever, <clears throat> the field is stacked like you, you might frown your nose up at Chris Bosch but hell Chris Bosch hits three-pointers right now at a 40 percent clip with his left-handed J so I mean you, can, you can't even sleep on the big man if he gets hot you never know but I don't know man See, is anybody going I don't, I don't, I don't think the motion of like grabbing for the balls is very like good for no you. it's not good for you that's that's where his like he's gonna he's gonna have a problem with time. Yeah. Like, Wasn't he in the three point contest last year? I don't know. I'm trying. To I think he was. I, if, if it wasn't last year, he was in it just recently. Yeah, he's back to defend his fifth place finish. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, man! The wife said I got. I need. She need me to go out there and defend the honor of fifth place. Go I'm gonna go out there and do it. Back in Toronto, they gotta get Chris involved, and you know, yeah. he's done the skills challenge basically since his inception. So he needed to do something different. What? Uh, I don't know. Is anybody like? Let's be honest. Who can be Steph? Because this is what he Clay. does to warm up. Uh, who? Clay. Clay. Nah, like, Clay can nah. beat him. Reddit yeah, can, he can beat him. Exactly. Nah, um, he, he can be beat, bro. Man, I'm st- I, I still I think it's between. I think it's between those two. I still hope JJ Reddick lands and twists his ankle. I don't know. I just I just don't yeah. like JJ Reddick. Why? Because the dude back in his days, you still got to do stuff. That was 10, 12 years ago, bro. Hey, I don't man. care. An elephant he has that face. <laughs> he's got that Paul Gasol face. Man over there. Like if I see him, I just want to punch him in his face. <laughs> Damn. Uh, wow. I'm glad you're the first person to bring up bodily harm because if Draymond <laughs> Green were to fall during the skills competition, I don't think I could be. I couldn't have a better Valentine's Day. And like, it's not wow, you don't like Draymond? No, like Draymond. I used to don't like you? Draymond. I used to like Draymond. Right, second round pick out of Michigan State, Draymond. Yeah, once once like he started getting on his phone, now, now he's feeling himself. I like he's feeling himself, Draymond Green. That Draymond Green, I do not like. <laughs> I do not like Draymond at all. He's balling now, though. I, I thought you, you should be proud of him. I, 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 I remember, I remember when they said he was in the draft. And um, what's the dude? The college dude that went to Duke. I, can, I forget his name. Bayless. Bayless was like, Bayless was like, oh, he could be a serviceable, serviceable player. I like him a lot. You know, give him a chance. Like Bayless was like, kind of 
you know, right, you know, rooting for him kind of thing. Yeah. And 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 I remember even when he when they were in the playoffs, his rookie year, and you know he had spotty minutes and things like that, and people were like, oh, you know, he's doing too much and blah 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 blah. And I was like, I always liked him. I always liked yeah. Draymond, and I actually feel proud of him now. You know, like he's kind of stepped up into being this, you know, this weird ultimate, you know. Role player kind of thing because he's not a, he's not a superstar, like he's but he's like this ultimate role player. player. He's like the perfect role player. He's the right player at the right time. Five years before that, like Draymond doesn't have a place in this league, you know. Yeah. So he's the person that really maximized on the evolution of the game, you know. But hold on, but like if if you could have Draymond Green or if you could have Paul Millsap, who would you take right now? Draymond. Draymond. You sure you don't want Paul Millsap? No. no, he's older. Draymond's the more to me a more but, okay. Personal. I'm, ta- I'm, just, talking, more I'm just talking about actual game. Than itself, you know? Wait, say that again. Ant? And he's a playmaker for others rather than himself. Like Draymond exactly. can make his uh, stuff happen within the offense and then make a play for somebody else. He leads the team in assists, dog. Like, like on a team full of talented. Playmaking guards, he's the one who has all those assists. Well, he does because do he's the worst yeah, shooter out of the bunch. So he's passing the people. He's, he's passing shooting. The he's shooting the three well too, though. This year, yeah, he shoot, he shoot I didn't say he was well. a bad shooter. Yeah. I said he was the worst shooter out yeah, of the bunch. Okay. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> he he gets a lot of those assists that should be attributed to the hockey assist. Like, mm-hmm. He gets mm-hmm. it curling around on the elbow, giving it to Steph or Clay in the corner. Dog, that's the easiest assist in the NBA. You know what I mean? Other than yeah, I could lead the team to this. That's all I had to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, so that's, oh, Steph, you open? But let me pass you the ball. That's a, that's a testament of his like knowledge of the offense, though. Like he knows where the ball is supposed to go as soon as you get it. So yeah. you gotta love Draymond. I just want him to get re-humbled. and I think falling during the All Star game would bring him back. <laughs> Wow, that's messed up. I'm I'm happy for my man Draymond, man. Dray, Draymond Draymond is a he's like a he's basically what LeBron's going to be two years from now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Draymond is right now. He's what LeBron's going to be two years from now. When them when them old thirty three year old knees are kicking, kicking in. Oh, man. <laughs> that's what that's 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 what Draymond. Is. Hey, but tell me, uh, if you had that type, if you had a 33-year-old LeBron that, that had, that was basically, is going to be, if, if he was Draymond, turned into Draymond Green, wouldn't he end up being like Draymond Green 2.0? Because yeah. he would still be more athletic than Draymond Green, and he would still have a little bit better basketball savvy than Draymond Green. I, I, I wouldn't mind I don't having know about that the savvy, though. LeBron. Draymond's pretty basketball savvy, dog. Like, Draymond can do pretty much everything that you want. He's like this. He's like a utility knife. He's like nothing's great, you know. That little knife, you ain't cutting no steak with it. But hey, if you have to, you know, you you go to work you on it. You know, done. out there in the wilderness. Yeah, that's not that's so. not your first choice, though. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Actually, wait. You going with LeBron a little bit? Did y'all see the rankings though? Number with, three all uh, time. They rank yeah number three all time. Have you seen that, bull? Oh, uh, dude, I haven't seen it since they got in the top five. Uh, so. They got what? they got Jordan, they got I think Kareem, and then they got Le- LeBron. I'm like, what? Wait, what? When did this happen? Hey, I've been <laughs> Jordan six MVPs in the finals. Right. Oh, Kareem, I don't know how many champions, like six championships or something like that, five or six hey. championships. Hey. And LeBron <clears throat> keeps losing championships is number three all time. 
over Magic and Bird, over Russell with 11 championships. This is the, this LeBron is the done more by himself doing his career in any of those players on that out. By himself. Like, come on, man. Like, like, all right, let me tell you. Let me wait, ask you this. Wait, you're saying more by himself. He won his championship with D Wade, who's arguably a top 10 all time shooting okay. guard. Come on. All right. It's it's like, it's real quick, real quick analogy the Peyton Tom Brady argument, right? You know that with Peyton, you're going to get 11 wins a season. You know with LeBron on your roster, you're winning 55, 60 games every year he's the main attraction in the nba until you know the middle of last year dude he's been to six finals been to every olympics during the meantime come on dog i mean you have to look what at is, his career as as a, as a whole i mean he he has what four gold medals he's he's tied what he has the most gold medals ever at, him and Melo have the most gold medals ever in as a u.s basketball player he he's been to six finals. Not a lot of players in the NBA period can say they've been to six NBA finals. Hell, Magic Johnson can't even say he's been to six NBA finals. No, Russell can. But you know what? Let put if you put LeBron back in the day with Bill Russell, I guarantee you LeBron could win eleven straight championships too. Because just the, just the type of apple. Honestly, who who had who would have had that type of athleticism and that type of skill set back then? What Oscar Robertson? Bill Russell was a, was a was a was a Olympic caliber high jumper in college, dog. I'm like I, I, I feel you, but Bill Russell wasn't able to dribble the ball up and down the court. Bill Russell was grabbing the rebound and looking for the outlet pass. Bill Russell was not a skilled offensive player. All Bill his Russell points came off of putbacks. He, he also was, was grabbing those. fifty-five rebounds in a game. Average. Yeah, um, that's because he was. Come on, Jay. When you're out there with five foot nine white dudes, let's be for real. Let's be for real. Will Chamberlain's seven dudes. What's Will Chamberlain? Seven one, seven two. Yeah. He played against Will yeah. all the time, and there was he less talent. So there was more talent on but, on the, but, 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 uh, Come on, that that's that whole starting five and their six men are in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Let's, let, let's, Let's temper our like you know. I, I wonder if they would have been there if Russell wasn't. But there. I'm saying if you if you if probably you have because that's just five. how much the the NBA was dearth of talent back then. And yeah, dude, it, it's a talent thing, man. And LeBron's lived through an era where there's been the most talent. Like Kobe's era, there was a downswing in talent during that during that run. LeBron's been the headliner when you had people like Melo who. Can be an afterthought in his career. Look, just think like, about hold on. Wait, 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 like, wait, wait, like, there was a lack of talent, dude. Like, dude, like not not uh, not overly dominant talent. There was talented yeah. players, but not over talent. Like you yeah, had wait, wait, like, wait, Michael Red. Yeah, we we over time, but let, let's let's let's. Oh, let's so you know yeah, what? Let's do this. Let's 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 put a pin in this. We'll we'll save this yeah. conversation for another time because we we could keep going oh, on and on and on. Yeah, this is gonna get real. Yeah, we get real. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's a lot of people going. Hey, the feelings are gonna get hurt. It's gonna be some 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 get thrown out because you know nobody's gonna be like Cam after this. You know <laughs> Crying in the corner. Hey, we just, hey, we just gonna end up ending the show, and and and, and it's just, that's gonna be that. So, all right, all right. I, I appreciate everybody for listening in. Uh, I hope you enjoyed <laughs> the, what what I say episode six hundred fifteen, right? Yeah, six hundred seventeen. Hey. Oh, no, nah, man, 15, 15, 615. Okay, all right. 
615. Yeah, I, don't, um, I don't keep count. I know you don't. That's not your job, man. That is not your job. Stay in my lane. Hey, that's all right. No you you, you kind of like Draymond right now. You kind of doing too much right now. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, no, really. I have all star money this year, though. All right, let's go. <laughs> hey, all right. But well, appreciate everybody for listening in. As always, you can find us on the Random Discourse Podcast.com. Um, I, again, I am your host, Darrington G. Uh, you can find me at Darrington G on all social media outlets. Uh, Anton. And please say the D. Jay. Yes, you can follow me Instagram, Coach MFNJ. Hey, Jay, before we leave, tell them what that stands for. Coach motherfucking Jay. <laughs> this is All right, y'all. Discourse, we out. the podcast. <laughs>